Catch the fire. Fire. Catch the fire. the fire. I am Susie McKenzie and Lisa Flood is here and we are here to talk about spreading the fire, catching the fire, being the fire of the Holy Spirit in our lives. How are you doing, Lisa? I'm doing great, Susie. And I've got to tell you, my um, fun, fiery moment this week was an incredible homily um, that a priest gave all about the Blessed Mother. And I don't know about you, but you, I feel like I can always tell when a priest has a, a beautiful, not head, but heart relationship with Our Lady, he knows he's loved. And when the priest shared about his relationship with Our Lady and encouraged all of us to know her as our mom, it was so beautiful. And he even went so far as to say, you know, if we have anyone here in this church tonight who is not Catholic, we welcome you. But I want you to go back to your pastor, whatever church you go to and say, tell me more. I'm not getting the full story. If you're not giving me Mary, the mother of God, you're, you're leaving a whole part of the story out. It was powerful. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it was beautiful. Well, it, it sounds like it because you don't always get that. And and we kind of take for granted that relationship with Mother Mary, but not everyone has that heart connection with That's her. what we're talking about, that you know, heart connection. There, there's, a, there's a respect and a love, but still having that, it's just different. It's like St. John, you know, leaning on Jesus. That's right. <laughs> it's a little different. Well, you know what, Lisa? I think that we can keep the fire hot in like... It may be an obvious way, but daily mass. The reason why I bring it up is because um, I've had some times lately where I've not been able to make it to daily mass, and it's been like a two and three day stint, and I don't like that because I, I, I'm a sinner. <laughs> I need daily mass. We all do. <laughs> I think daily mass is vital for keeping the fire hot. I really do, and I would say that for someone who's never tried it, is try it for one week. Try it for one week and see what happens in your life. There's just something that happens. You uh, Look, I'm just plain, uh, to be real, I'm nicer. <laughs> I'm just a nicer person when I've gone to Mass. The graces that I receive, I recognize them more quickly, and I definitely deepen my understanding of the real presence in Jesus of Jesus in the Eucharist. It can't be denied. 30 minutes, Monday through Friday, give it a try. Susie, I could not relate more, and I couldn't agree more with you. Keeping that fire, that flame burning, it, it comes from the Eucharist. It comes from, you know, just receiving Jesus in that way. Well, it, you know, we have, I do my daily prayers and I do my devotions. That always happens. The rosaries, yes, every day. I, I do that while I'm driving, you know, or, or I take, I do make an effort, but it's, it becomes more work, I'll be honest. When you've received Jesus in the Eucharist, it's as if it's not work. I'll tell you, my family would agree, I'm nicer too when I'm going to daily mass. <laughs> well, Lisa, not only do we have a devotion to Jesus in, in the Eucharist, the real presence, body, blood, soul, and divinity, but what are, okay, what are special devotions? You ever hear people say that, Lisa? Oh, I have a special devotion to so-and-so. Okay, that's so funny. What I'm going to stop mean? you right there because my grandmother used to use those very words, my Italian grandmother, her devotion to Our Lady, her special devotion to Our Lady of the Rosary. And, and, and it's usually under a title or a saint's name that people will talk about that devotion. 
profession. It is. It is. And and the word special is always in front of it. It's like, what, are you in a secret club? <laughs> I know. You know, like... And I, am I allowed to be in this yes, club? Yes, yes. What does that mean? Like, did you just decide this? Or did somebody come and, like, bequeath it upon you <laughs> that you have this special devotion? Like, you don't just say a prayer. No, it's special. Like, uh, my mother had a special devotion to St. Therese of Lisieux, and she used to see things that she believed Therese sent to her. And, um, you know, of course, the roses and things. And then and then what about Mother Perpetual Help, St. Jude? Come on. My parents both had a special devotion to St. Jude. They, they raised five kids. And one of them was my brother. So, of course, they had a special devotion to St. Jude. And um, I say that jokingly, but Mother Perpetual Help and St. Therese, Padre Pio. And people say, I just feel connected to that saint. Well, you know, we talk about this a lot on Catch the Fire, how the saints really do help us catch the fire of our faith or spread the fire of our faith. Sometimes I've had the experience of sharing... um, my relationship with God because somebody sees a, a saint's prayer card in my car and says, okay, who is that? What's that about? And I'm not like intentionally trying to share the faith, but I'm open to it, right? It's not like pushing it on anybody, but when when we have a relationship or a special devotion to a saint, it's it's easy easy to talk about them as if we're talking about a friend. Well, it is. It's it's a relationship with a human being. And the saints, what's cool about them is that they weren't truly, I mean, they weren't Jesus or Mother Mary who were born without sin. They they were sinners just like us. That's right. And so they, they walked a tough road, just like we feel like our lives are. Lisa, quick question before we go. You know, you and I have both had those times where we were not in communion with the church and were in other faith traditions. Is having a special devotion to a saint anything like having a favorite scripture verse? Tell me what you think the difference is. Oh my gosh. I can't even compare the two. It is totally different because I do have favorite scripture verses that that feed my soul. But there is something about the whole time, Susie, the whole time that I was away from the Catholic Church. I still loved Our Lady and I still prayed the rosary. So I still, I'm sitting here today because I did have and do have that special devotion to Our Lady of the Rosary, right? Exactly. I think it's um, that we can have the favorite scripture verses and we as Catholics, we love scripture. It's God's word, of course. But I think... Those, the people that walked the earth and lived lives of heroic virtue bring the scripture to life for us many times, you know, and it isn't, it's more than a word on a page, but it's a human being living out God's will. Um, I like that. I like the idea of a special devotion to a saint. I like being able to have a friendship with a saint, talk about miracles witnessed. You know, I think they all, all of that can reinvigorate the faith or even set it on fire to begin with. You know, you talk about St. Therese and, uh, you know, I've had the conversation with lots of different people and I'm in my own life personally at times, I have struggled with anxiety and guess what? What? Therese battled anxiety. And, I, you know, that's the first one I say. Talk to St. Therese. She's the one to talk to about feeling anxious. And wow. let her pray for you and with you. Yeah, and there's another one, St. Dymphna. You know, of course, a little bit more than anxiety with her. Amp it up a little bit. But they're there, and I think we need it. We are... We just do not live on islands in our minds and in our hearts and bodies and souls. We we need that communion with people. We need that communion with the saints, the people who have gone before us. And I just think that we benefit from it and others benefit 
from it as well. Well, we are just excited to share some stories with you coming up on Catch the Fire. has a lot to do with what we've already talked about. So stay with us as we spread the fire, catch the fire, and bring it to the world. This is a Young Catholic Minute. Why do I have to follow so many rules? Last week, I made some cookies. Shut up, guys can make cookies if we want. Anyway, I didn't want to follow that oppressive, rule-oriented recipe anymore. So instead of a cup of sugar, I substituted a cup of arsenic. The cookies were pretty terrible. But they illustrate a very good point. When we ask why we have to follow rules, we're really asking if we can trust God. If God is a tyrant who uses rules to oppress us and ruin our lives, then yeah, why would we want to follow those rules? But is he giving us rules to prevent us from being happy? Or is he giving us the perfect recipe for happiness? When we understand that God wants us to have life and have it to the full, we can start living like he wants us to. And we won't need rules anymore. For more, go to youtube.com slash youngcatholic. Welcome back to Catch the Fire. I'm Susie McKenzie with Lisa Flood, and we have Alexis Daigle on. But before we bring Alexis on, I just want to lay the groundwork for what we're doing today. It's a little bit different. We want to talk about stories from our grandmothers. And that doesn't mean that all the stories are going to be about grandmothers. What it really means is that here in South Louisiana, we have this rich Catholic culture. And I believe personally that this our Catholic faith life is more caught than taught. And we have stories from our years of growing up of people that have made impact on our lives, great impacts on our lives. And it might be a grandmother or a mother, a grandfather. It might be a teacher, a nun, a priest. And I have, um, we have two great friends coming in to tell us some awesome stories of the important people in their lives that helped to grow their faith. So here is Alexis Daigle. How are you, Alexis? I'm great. How are you? We are great. Alexis, there's a very important lady in your life named Sister Jean. So Alexis, I just want you to take it away. Tell us who she is and where it all started with your connection to her. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So um, I, I'm originally from Eunice, Louisiana, and I went to St. Ed's as a uh, St. Ed's Catholic school as a child. And she was, Sister Jean was my second grade teacher. And uh, we just, I don't know, we just, you know, had this connection, and, um, and so it all started from there. But she was also, she introduced me to uh, St. Therese, and that was one of her favorite saints, and from this day has always been someone who I absolutely loved as well. And, um, you know, she was just a great teacher. I remember being in school, and, you know, she'd always tell me anything I write, she's like, always put Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, it was JMJ. <laughs> we always put that over you know, every test paper, every letter we wrote, you know, those types of things. And um, throughout the years, she had to move to New Orleans. And she was worked with, like, the less fortunate children over there in New Orleans. But through the years, we've also kept in touch. Um, now, she has passed away. She actually passed away when I was in eighth grade. But she was my pen pal forever. And, you know, she'd teach me about the... Um, you know, she'd always send me things about St. Therese, but also, you know, just teach me about what was going on with the children over there and how fortunate I was as well, right? And um, so we just kept back and forth, you know, going through those letters. And I don't know, it's really awesome. And she just, she's someone that 
has always been dear to my heart, I guess, you know. I love the way you talk about her as somebody who was, it sounds like, just loved you and was very encouraging. And, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't you say, Alexis, that a lot of times it's, it's not so much what we say to people to share the faith, but how we treat them. Right. Exactly. And she was that person. And she, um, you know, a funny, a funny story is um, that she, when she was going to New Orleans, I, I don't remember the whole story because I was little. I don't remember the whole facts of what was going on. But all I remember is I went to my mom and I was like, Mom, you know, Sister Jean, me, she, we have to give her $100. We have to give her $100. And, um, you know, of course, my mom did. And uh, so later, later on, not when I was little, but later on, my mom tells me that story. And she goes, you know, <laughs> she said, you know, I thought like she, um, I don't know what she thought she needed it for. But she's like, I remember giving her $100. And my mom was like, I remember didn't really have him. You know, $100 like then, I guess, was, you know, it's a bigger deal than it was today. And she goes, uh, Sister Jean had sent us a thank you card. And she had gotten a luggage set with it. <laughs> so it's. It's kind of funny, um, you know, that little story that we we hold on to, I guess. You know, it's kind of funny. But you know what? You met a need in her life. I mean, we may right. think it's kind of cute that it was luggage, but she needed luggage. And you did right. provide that. And you and your sweet little innocent heart was like, we got to help <laughs> Sister Jean. <laughs> right, right. Now, what about right. her connection to St. Therese? And how did she bring you to that place of loving St. Therese? You know, um, I'm not 100% sure of her connection to it. I just know that it is, it's really the same. I remember uh, she talked about her a lot in class. We would, you know, do studies on her a lot in class as well. And she would just always, sometimes she'd send, uh, you know, a little card about her in the mail or write about her in the mail or, you know, whatever it may be. So I guess it's just something, you know, I've learned growing up and I respected her, loved her, and I just thought, I just hung on to it too. And uh, the funny story is that so my, I, my grandmother, my mom's mom, um, her name was um, Therese as well. And she was also, she passed away when my mom was four, but she also, that was her favorite uh, saint as well. And so my mom also loves her too. <laughs> and so it's something that kind of went into the family and then Sister John was there. So I've always kind of, you know, loved uh, St. Therese, I guess, because of that. So where you are at this point in your life, Sister Jean started the little the little fire going for love of St. Therese and a, a part of your mom's life, now a part of your life. Tell us a little bit about your relationship with St. Therese now. You know, um, I just feel that whenever I, you, you know, whether it's great or maybe something not so great, I just feel that connection, and I, I, you know, either say a novena or um, just pray to her, you know, and I, I guess I feel comforted. You know, I feel like my voice is being heard. I feel comforted with, with that. It's amazing. We have been talking about this, this connection with the saints, and it seems as if um, through St. Saint John, I realized I was going to say that, <laughs> Sister John, <laughs> that St. Therese picked you, um, Alexis, we say that a lot. A friend of mine once told me, you know, we don't pick the saints, they pick us. And mm-hmm. it seems as if she picked you. You told me one day um, recently that you kind of feel like Sister Jean is watching over you and that you have a connection Correct. to her in the Correct. afterlife. Would you say Correct. that continues on? 
Yes, absolutely. And, you know, um, when I was little, uh, I would say things to my mom. I don't remember exactly everything I would say, but my mom would also say, you have a great connection with her. She's watching over you, you know, and I do. I feel that way. There's many times where um, probably once every other day where I'm like, you know, Sister John, watch over me, watch over my family. You know, Um, I've just always felt that connection with her. Well, it's beautiful. I mean, the scripture says that nothing separates us from the love of Christ, and it means that death doesn't either. And so those who loved us here on earth, we're not disconnected from them um, when they're on the other side in God's presence. Well, Alexis, I just want to thank you. You know how much I love you. And uh, I just want to thank you for sharing your stories because um, I, well, we just believe here at Catch the Fire that this is how the fire continues. This is how it spreads is through these stories and these connections and through people who kind of take us under their wing and love us. So thank you. Thank you for sharing your stories with us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Okay, great. Well, Lisa, this is real. I don't know. I just, every time someone shares their faith on Catch the Fire, there's always some somebody in their life who impacted them by their fire and love for God. And that's how it spreads. And it spreads and it stays. And Alexis is still, to this day, loving St. Therese, loving Sister Jean, and it continues. See, I just believe in that so much. And the stories just keep on coming. I mean, here we have Alexis, but now we've got another friend, Miss Melissa Galata, here in the studio with us. And Melissa has got some stories to tell. I cannot wait. Melissa, welcome to Catch the Fire. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Well, Melissa, you have Granny and what's your other grandmother? Dookie. And Dookie stories. Yes, but they're each connected to a saint, aren't they? (laughs) (laughs) They are. And it's just, I love it. I love it because um, Melissa's from this ginormous family. But let me tell you, the faith is passed on and the fire is caught in her family. So let's start, which one you want to start with, Granny or Dookie? Let's go with Granny. Okay, let's go with Granny. Tell us about Granny. Okay, so my Granny had uh, seven kids, and so very devout Catholic family, and um, you know, she ended up with polio at the age of 23. And um, around the time that Padre Pio was still alive, and she, I don't remember exactly, because obviously I wasn't alive then, but she connected deeply to him. And she, throughout her entire life, felt a very strong devotion to him. And um, many times, you know, as a child, she would always say to us, you know, Padre Pio, you know, she would give us um, his medal and a relic. And she would say, Padre Pio, help you, you know, through anything that you need. And she read his book. And we always just were like immersed in this environment to know that pray to Padre Pio, you know. And so um, throughout the rest of her life, I mean, always just shared his story with, you know, everyone. And she went through a lot of um, physical struggle, you know, through the polio. They said, you know, you would never walk and, you know, never have any more children. Well, she had six more children and she walked and drove and did just fine. I mean, sat on the front row at mass every day. And I mean, just really lived a beautiful life. And, you know, despite the struggle physically that she had, I mean, she had cancer and just lots of complications. I remember um toward the later part of her life uh, she was on a ventilator for 77 days and we would go and visit her and she had Padre Pio's medal they, she made them tape it to her arm and um, she would just always she couldn't talk but she would just you know say like this and we just knew that you know she was fine and she did she lived you know several many years after that the trait came out all of that and um 
just a beautiful story. Love, love, love her love for Padre Pio. And, you know, I actually uh, got burned in a fire about seven years ago. And um, it's like my aunts re, you know, reintroduced it all again and, you know, more relics. And then holy water came. And I remember asking Susie recently, I still have this holy water. What do I do with it? And so we talked about that. And so I just love um, my grandmother's devotion to him. And I love that I was able to get to learn about him through that. Wow. Okay, Lisa. Padre Pio, Granny. I love it. So, yes. <laughs> so let's talk about you today. So as as you were burned in that fire, that sounds pretty dramatic. You started to pray to him again. So do you feel like he really helps you in your daily life now? 100%. You 100%. say that with such certainty. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I mean, there's. it's probably in every part of my house that you can't look up and see something or know that something is there, that he's there. And so just really grateful for that connection, for sure. Do you feel like he just reached into your family and said, hey, I'm here for you? Before you even knew he was there for you? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Okay, so now we have Dookie. Let's Sweet move Dookie. on to Dookie. <laughs> she was I such a that. little... Okay, and, and there's a connection with Medjugorje, Our Lady. Um, tell us about that. Yes, Dookie was um, really big on Mother Mary. I mean, really, really big. And she shared lots of stories, lots of saint stuff um, in general, but Mary you know, specifically. And so um, she would give us um, a birthday present, but she would also give us a Mary something. And so I have all these little Mary statues and all these other little things and stories. But um, when she went to Medjugorje, she actually brought um, back, it was right about the time that I was making my first communion. And she actually brought back, um, you know, rosaries for all the girls and, you know, different things for that. I don't remember what she brought for the boys because I'm a girl. But, you know, (laughs) Basically, she just shared so much with us and so much um, of her faith. And she um, later in life ended up with uh, cancer and loved her daily mass and saying the rosary and all of that. And so she would say, um, come get me, come get me. You pick me up at 630 and we'll go say the rosary and, um, you know, daily mass and all of that. And then she would say, no, listen, you need to come back to my house for lunch. I need you to help me cook and whatever priest or whoever was coming um, for lunch that day. And so she just shared so much love and devotion for her faith in general, whether it be for Mary or whether it be for the rosary or just her whole entire life was just completely revolved around um, her faith. The biggest gift she gave to you was that relationship with Our Lady, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have all of the little statues in my closet. So every morning when I get dressed, I'm like, hi, you know, (laughs) help me through the day. I need (laughs) you. Oh, and Melissa's got two very busy little boys, one in particular who keeps you running. So for sure. I pray a lot. So no doubt they are learning about Padre Pio and Our Lady, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Now, you, you were the one that took Dookie to Mass at 630 in the morning and to the rosary? Yes, I was afraid not to. I'm just joking. <laughs> I can relate to that. You would never tell her no, but um, honestly, truthfully, it was a joy. And she would introduce me to all of her friends. And, you know, this is my, you know, I forget what where I fall in the line of, of grandchildren, but um, she um, was just such a beautiful person. And she would say, like, if, if you weren't saying it loud enough, she would say, 
you know, like she would tap you like, come on, speak up. <laughs> I want to hear you, child. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> Mary's got to hear that voice. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Well, Lisa, um, Lisa, I love hearing Melissa's story and seeing the smiles on her, the smile on her face, because um, once again, the faith is caught, not taught. The fire is spread through stories and relationships. You know, and I think at times, I know at times we take it for granted in South Louisiana, how Catholic we are, right? There's there's a church on almost every other corner. Um, and the faith, the richness of our faith that gets passed on through the generations is incredible. Yeah, and you know, you grew up in the New Orleans area. Melissa and I grew up in the um, Baton Rouge South Side area. Her husband is from the same town as me. And um, it's that ca- kind of Cajun influence, Italian influence with Catholicism. And it's just steeped, steeped in the families and in the culture. And I I just love hearing these amazing stories cause, from Melissa because I know that they'll get passed on to her sons. Absolutely. You know, so, um, well, um, I think we're getting close to the end of our time with Melissa and, um, I want to tell you thank you. You're welcome. I know you had a busy day today and you squeezed this in. Thank you because I believe that people need to hear these stories and stay connected to Our Lady, to Padre Pio, through all of these these wonderful, wonderful women in your life that uh, pass their devotion on to you. So thanks so much. You're welcome. I just love that we had this time together. It is so, the way it happens, like in my own life, Susie, it's, my grandmothers, my grandparents, um, my great grand, my great grandmother, like the fire of our faith gets passed on by the way we live it. And you know, the decisions that, you know, you, our listeners are making today will impact your children, your grandchildren into the future generations. Like the decisions we make to let God love us really make a difference. Well, it does, at least as I, as I watch your face and hear you talking, something came to mind. Is that from the outside, you know, the the world, if you will, um, would see that as, oh, isn't that sweet? Isn't that quaint? Aren't you cute? <laughs> you know, and because it's not necessarily scholarly or theological. You know, no, it's way more than that. It's the heart. It's the living of it. It's the reliance and utter dependence on prayer to get through life. Susie, I mean, I will never forget, and I have shared this before, I remember, like, prayer time with my parents at night and, you know, watching my dad on his knees praying. That, he wasn't telling me anything verbally, but he was telling me something by his action. Seeing my mom, you know, deep in prayer, that impacted me. And I thought, okay, there's there's something to this. I need this too. I know. My parents used to go to novenas. They used to do our mother perpetual help and go to a special novena. And, and it's special, and, right? And, and it, it's special <laughs> devotion. It's always special. And, and of course, St. Jude. I mean, my mother's um, code for her, um, what do you call it, security system in her house when they'd call, you know, she'd say, St. Jude. <laughs> I love it. You know, and so that's what we're all about on Catch the Fire is talking about how we live the faith and how we stay excited about our faith each and every day. And I believe this connection with the saints and with the people in our family that pass it on is what keeps it lit. Now, Susie, I had a moment of just basking in God's glory and grace, sparking the fire by being on the lakefront at sunset in Mandeville. I don't know if you've done that recently, but the sky was so beautiful. I just took a deep breath and all I could say was, thank you, God, for your love and for your glory. Just a simple thing as sitting on the lakefront at sunset just sparked me. 
Well, you know what? That is a spark because I think we we talked about not being quiet enough before God and hearing Him, but also admiring nature and environment. What happens in nature? We we need those moments to remind us that that's life. Well, Lisa, you know what? My spark was um, just really had more to do with a little bit of family life. My husband and son are working on a bodybuilding competition, and I get to witness the um, strict eating and get to go to the gym a little bit more than I might want to sometimes. And uh, I just want to say that family activities sometimes, when you find those things to do, especially when your children are grown, that you can do with them can certainly spark the faith. Because um, my son, after his workout last night, came home and said, I'm going to go do a skosh of adoration. I said, what is a skosh of adoration? And he left the house. And it all happened after a workout. So love it. Oh, that's it. We are done here on Catch the Fire. Catch the Fire is a production of Catholic Community Radio.